welcome in Mary O'Connell now, host and writer of Chat Call, all about our 3PL community. And Mary, today we're talking about one of the biggest problems in the freight industry, double brokering. Thank you for being here. Anytime, guys. I'm more than happy to sit down and try and come up with some tips to help people not get double brokered or not get got by the double broker. And Mary, as we look at double brokering within the industry, it's definitely something that seems to get a lot more attention because it seems to be something that definitely is a thorn in the side of the industry, not just in good times, but especially in the down market. We're going to be some of the top things that you can do to really kind of stop or really spot out double brokering. It's going to be some of those, I mean, it's stuff that we've said before, but you can, it's it's so simple sometimes. And, you know, double brokers are creative and the people out there that are looking to do some fraud, they're creative and there's money to be made. So we just kind of have to stay one step ahead of them. And, um, you know, some of the more important things are, you know, if, um, if they're really hesitant to give like the address of their business or whatever, um, or even if they do give the address of the business, take about five seconds to look it up on Google Maps, see what kind of thing it looks like. Because I just found out the other day that a lot of people that are committing fraud um, can actually um, purchase an address, just like a random address, and it goes to a PO box. Um, but th- like, I think there was. 43 businesses registered to one location that was like register your business address.com or something like that. So just look it up. And if it looks like a trucking company or if it looks like an actual business, that's great. And if it looks like it's out of someone's home, just talk to the representative, whoever you're doing it saying like, Oh, do you run this business out of your home? Or just talk to people and seeing if you can get more information and not that someone, um, excuse me, not that someone that has their LLC out of their home is necessarily a red flag because we're going to see that a lot with a lot of those independent owner operators. But if they get squirrely about it and they're just like, why do you need to know how I run my business or they don't answer or they hang up on you? That's a red flag that maybe you should walk away from. So obviously we know that this business is built on relationships and relationship preservation and double brokering is a very big strain on that, especially between a shipper, a carrier and a broker, right? Because oftentimes, well, people are going to mess up. And when it happens, you got to own it and you got to apologize and you got to try and fix it. But sometimes it's very unintentional, but maybe a shipper doesn't see it that way, right? Can you talk a little bit about what this type of strain that double brokering puts on those relationships is like? Yeah, it's really, um, no one really wants to admit that they got, that they got got, you know, no one really wants to admit that they got caught up in some fraud or they got caught up in a double broker. And I think it's really important that shippers also educate themselves on what can happen because yeah, it happens with your brokerage, whatever, but if shippers don't understand that necessarily. So definitely taking the time to educate shippers, you know, proactively on this is the problem that's going on. These are the things that we have in place to try and prevent this from happening to any of your shipments so that way you know your drivers aren't getting met like your drivers aren't getting played or anything like that those are the things that you can do a little bit proactively to make sure that your shipper understands that what's happening in the market right now and how you know having some of those atypical wings might need a little bit more time to get those covered because you know if you have something from like montana to the remote Idaho, it's going to be harder to find a carrier for that. And so if they have some of those atypical lanes where maybe they don't have a good contracted carrier on it, then yeah, we're going to need some lead time for a really hard in and out city to find because 
it's just going to be tricky and we want to make sure we're providing good carriers and, um, you know, and trying to service your business to the best of our ability. Because if you try and say, oh, I need this picked up today, then more often than not, that broker is going to feel that pressure and ultimately potentially be at a higher risk of getting scammed. And Mary, of course, we're talking about your show check call on this segment. Can you tell us about your next guest for this episode? Yeah, so this week we actually have a repeat guest. Uh, Sean McGillicuddy from Ty comes back and we really kind of dive into double brokering and, you know, the emphasis that comes with carrier relationships and how, you know, sometimes your technology and your software can help with those carrier relationships or at least keep that running list of carriers that you've gone through before. Even if it's someone you don't use, you've used them before and it's been fine. So maybe revisit that well before you go out to a load board where your risk of double brokering gets higher. So it's really, we'd really just focus on relationships and um, how to use that to your advantage against fraud and scams. The technology piece is important and exciting because it can also reduce the touch points between a shipper, Mm -hmm. a broker, and the carrier and get it back into that kind of three-person touch point, which is another piece that can really help prevent double brokering, right? If you have less people in the mix, you've got less chances for things to go awry. Is that something that we're looking at working on is with things like integrated TMS and integrated track and trace inside your own TMS, and it's all together in one piece of software that it gets a little bit easier to prevent those double brokering schemes. And it's easier on the carrier as well if you only have a driver that has to register in one place and not a separate app for this and a separate app for that and another connection here, right? Yeah, anything that you can do from the moment you first onboard them and they have a successful load and it's a legitimate carrier, anything you can do to keep them and keep using them, especially in a market where, you know, times turn down and um, it's going to be less than desirable. Not that an existing carrier still couldn't provide a problem. Like there's insurance problems, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. But the chances of skidding double brokered or having some fraud situations happen dramatically decrease. So anything that your software, your technology can do to keep that running list of carriers you've used before, so you can revisit all of that and just have them up saying, oh, they ran this lane for you. Might have been three years ago, but they ran it for you. So you might want to give them a call if you haven't used them in a while. Something like that is really going to help just not only improve carrier relationships, but it's going to help service the freight for your customer faster and better. And Mary, we're looking at double brokering. Are you seeing this something that just that the private side has to really deal with just because we aren't really seeing that enforcement coming down from any kind of regulation? So it's... It's, it's almost unfair to say yes, but um, that's the only way that you can really prevent it now is being proactive to try not to have a double, to not, try not to get got. Um, the, the FMCSA is essentially chasing a ghost from their resources that they can do. Yeah, they can revoke someone's authority, but nothing's stopping them from applying for another authority and starting all over again. So it's more or less the FMCSA is left chasing their tail. And, you know, the TIA has helped out. They have a bunch of initiatives to try and stop it and help people not get subjected to fraud. Um, But right now it's not technically against the law, go to prison illegal. It's just, um, it's just going to get your your MC revoked. So it's, there's unfortunately not a whole lot you can do long-term to stop this. Um, and uh, unfortunately, you know, there's just not a lot of regulation or there's not a lot of 
ramifications legally that exist for um, anyone that is a double broker. So I feel bad that the FMCSA is basically kind of chasing the ghost. Mm, Yep. And that's going to be something that's a problem for a while. Mary, thank you for joining us this morning. Of course, we'll catch a check call this afternoon at 1230 following put that coffee down. Thank you for being here and we'll catch you this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Right now, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back with more for Ooze Now. 